There we go. All right. Thank y'all for tuning into the program. As you know, this is Andrew Love. You're watching your journey with Andrew Love. And I have another guest. Uh, y'all probably heard her, seen her on Boy Meets World and in the media. She's getting a lot of backlash for a while, you know, in the media, social media, you know, like Instagram and so forth. So y'all know Trina McGee, one and only. So I brought her on here so I can answer a couple of questions about some things, um, you know, because she's dealing with a lot of things um, in her life. And so first thing I'm going to ask her, like, uh, Trina McGee, how you get into acting? That's a very good question. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me because through you, there's a bigger audience. And um, I have a lot of, uh, I feel, really useful things to say. So um, how did I get into acting? Um, truthfully, I got into acting because in, internally, I kind of felt like that's probably what I would do. I kind of made this announcement at a very young age, I'm gonna act. But I never really acted on that announcement or vision until I was, uh, I graduated from high school. And um, I was actually in high school, uh, I was accepted to LaGuardia. But um, my grandmother, who uh, was a really strong force in my life, wanted me to go to Horace Mann School in Riverdale. It's a prestigious private school. And because she felt like you already knew how, you already know how to act, you already know how to sing. I need you to to um, go to the school and and really her purpose for me going there was for me to kind of push into the upper echelons of society, you know, for my own safety. And um, had she not forced me to go to this school, which was I was probably one of, you know, six black people in the school, I probably wouldn't have been able to handle or know how to deal with the exposure and, uh, and, and even getting the part on Boy Meets World. You know, it was knowing how to maneuver in that world, I think that kind of, and growing up that way, that helped me to uh, be successful on Boy Meets World, <laughs> you know. But um, how did I get back? Okay, so honestly, I went on a date with a guy who was a producer. And um, he said, you look like an actress. You should go try to act. And I'd already had in my mind, that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the confidence. And unbeknownst to me, this guy actually had a name and he, uh, he let me use his name to um, get with the agency that was just starting called uh, Click. And then they had a movie di division called Flick. And that agency now is huge. It's, it's called F Frameworks. It's, it's roster their roster is amazing but when I got with it it was just a small company and they said okay well we're not going to sign you but we'll send you on some freelance auditions you know see if people want to even see you and see how that goes so my first audition first audition I went on was for a play um off-broadway in New York and um I got the part right away it was a very small part but it was a big play and I didn't know it at the time and in the play uh, was an uh, actress named Gina Gershon, uh, Marissa Tomei, who I believe won an Oscar or was nominated some, somewhere in there. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from Laura and Otter. We're all, we were all young actors coming up in this off-Broadway play. And I certainly was, they were a little more experienced than me. I certainly was the peon of that. And then my second audition I got 
was for a show called Divas being produced by Quincy Jones. And he was having auditions all over the country. And for some reason, they picked me to come out and compete against 11 more girls in, in California. And it's amazing. These 11 girls were Lauren Hill, <laughs> uh, Regina King, a girl named Lisa Nicole Carson, who was really hit, hit big at the time. Um, I believe Tashina Arnold turned down the audition because it, the, the money wasn't quite right. Uh, Julie and Lennon's girlfriend, you know, was part of it. So he initially, out of the 11 girls, uh, picked me, um, this Lisa Nicole Carson, uh, um, and this other girl named Rose, can't remember her last name, and also Lauren Hill. Lauren couldn't do it because she was too young at the time. And so she would have been the fifth person in the group, you know, but she couldn't, she, she was only, I think, 15 at the time. Um, so we signed up. I actually got the part. Me and, me and the four girls beat out everybody, sing, dance, act, you know, that's what you had to do. And, um, and you had to do it well. And um, when, I want to say this also, when Quincy Jones brought me to LA, I still had to audition against these 11 girls, but it was a week of strenuous work. It's nothing like what people go through today. I mean, you, the audition went on for a week at this time and you got up and you went to the studio, you danced, you sang, and they evaluated you and you act and you had to know a scene and the whole thing. This went on for a week until finally, and then they sent you back to your hotel room and they said, okay, now we're going to make our final, de final decision. And um, I sat by a phone in a hotel room in California. I'd never been here for about two hours waiting to see if I was going to get, I had to have my bags packed. And either I was going to get back on a plane or, or Quincy Jones was going to say, yeah, you're part of the group. And, you know, when I got the phone call in my room of you're part of this group, you could hear, you could hear me screaming <laughs> throughout the whole thing. And that was honestly my first uh, lesson in Hollywood, because honestly, through all that, the show never went. <laughs> the show didn't actually get picked up. And I was kind of dropped. Um, in Hollywood, um, I had an agent. Now my agent was confident about me, you know, and then I was just another girl with a, a better agent than most pounding the pavement and going on all the auditions uh, everyone else could because my big break, you know, had uh, dissolved, you know, and um, it was a great lesson about uh, the business, about uh the strength you need and how much you need to brush off to do this, you know? And, um, it took me years to get, get over, over that, you know, but it was a blessing. It brought me to LA. It got my agent into me. And then I, I hit the pavement and it took about seven years of, uh, of, uh, hit, you know, audition after audition opportunity, meet with this person, meet with that person, say this, don't say that dress like this, don't, you know, seven years and then I got um Boy Meets World so um you know my uh I have a respect for the work that it took for me to get there you know um you could black white whatever you know every person has their own journey and uh, you know and um I ended up landing on a show because a lot of my feedback was you know always like you look too young you look you're not a mom yet you know <laughs> you know um 
So I ended up landing on a show and I, God, I persevered so hard. I never missed an audition. I was always ripe and ready. And um, I landed up on a show where I got to actually be, you know, God's good. The, the way I looked, which was a lot, a little younger than a lot of my peers. And it worked out. <laughs> Man, I'm happy it did work out. I liked it. Like I said, I watched the uh, Boy Meets World and uh, I watched the, uh, uh, no, Savage them and stuff like that, and do your house. I watched a lot of stuff. TGF was a thing back in the day. Um, uh, let, let me tell you a short story also about that, just so you know how much really goes into what people think is just this easy existence. Um, when I got the audition from Boy Meets World, my first um, audition, hold on a second. Hey, turn it down up there. <laughs> My first audition, they said to my agent, they said, um, she's not funny, you know? And I, I was kind of outraged because nothing on the paper was funny. And if you look at my character in the show, I really wasn't the one to hitch the, I was more of a center upper or the, you know, straight or dramatic, but I never really was, you know, got the punchlines, you know? I was more of the girl to, you know, set up, I don't know, set up or just wasn't, so what they gave me on paper wasn't funny. So we have no further interest is what they said. So I went back to my agent and I said, wow, this sounds really fun. I just know I'm the person to play this part because I had seen what my competition was. Back then you didn't audition against, you know, 500 people online. There was about eight of us that you'd see at every audition. And I said, well, these, I know I'm the one for this part. So I went back to my agent. My agent was like, no, they said no, but there was a secretary. Um, who was working for me at the time she was a young girl and she wanted to achieve she and she felt very held back by uh my agent at the time you know on, on some of her ideas so i started talking with her after i just met with my agent who told me forget about it on the way out and i said you know what you know, i just feel like i, I could have got this and i said call back again see where it's at to her and she was like yeah i'm down you should get it and you know her rebellion my rebellion she called back again and they said, okay, we'll see her again. But this time it was being put on tape. And this time the creator of the show was able to see it. And then the ball got rolling. So, you know, it's, it's not always as easy for us as you like to think. Pretty is not a winner. <laughs> you know? I just want to put that in there. I'm glad you said that because uh, nothing in life comes easy. Success does not come easy. People think it does. They don't know the mental things that you got to go through, to all the turn downs you got to go through. There's going to be a whole lot of no's before going to be a whole lot of yes. That's the same thing in life. And then I heard finding out in business, similar relationships, you'll get no's before you get yes's. And it don't never feel, it, it don't never feel good. Rejection and failure, whatever you want to call it, never feels good. It's always a learning lesson. But if you want it bad enough, you do have to fight for it because nobody's just going to just hand it to you. No, not at all. And everything's kind of designed to just make you settle in and say, okay, you know, with that, well, that's what the, the, the bigger part of the system says. And um, there's a, there's a higher system of belief that really is beautiful. If you can tap into that. And that's what you did. Now, thank you for that. Now, um, since boy means where I don't know what all other projects that you have done um, and have you, Anthony, any other scenes since Boy Meets World? I know you're well known for that. Any other major scenes? 
Well, right after but Boy Meets World, I did um, I did a movie called uh, Friday After Next. That was after Boy Meets World. But to tell you the truth, I mean, the I, I find that the um, general public will uh, look at an actress and say, you know, where's she been? What's she doing? Or, you know, and and they kind of have this uh, consensus, like if they don't see you that things are bad, you know, or, or you've done something or, you know, and I just want to kind of say to that, that I love to act. I love to, to, um, entertain. Um, I love everything about the, the creative side of the business, but I'm not, a uh, it's not my God, you know, <laughs> so, so truthfully, about the time when Boy Meets World ended, I found myself putting a lot out. And I, I had to be really truthful with myself um, that it was great acting. It was great being, on a, being a part of uh, the creator process. But when I actually walked on a set to do the work, that part of it really wasn't making me totally happy. And, and you know... It's one, the ego part of it. You see someone on TV, you see, oh, they're great. They're noticing me. This is great. But the actual, like, task of acting in, in that setting, for me, I needed a break from. Because, <laughs> this is going to sound silly to some people, but I like sunshine. I need outdoors. So the experience is like, as a real human being is, you get up really early, you go to the soundstage, and they close this door and you suddenly you're in darkness for about 13 hours of the day and you are um told what to do the whole day and at the end of the day when you're rehearsing these suits come down and they watch you and this is all like in this dark like big cave you know and then you go out at the end of the day and you come back and you, it's almost it's very strange it's like working in a creative factory back then and I loved the acting I loved, but I had to be real about, and then also the nature of the business creates a lot of competition. And for some people, it could create some really nasty attitudes. And for me, I felt like I got a lot, whatever set, not, no, not whatever set. Cause I had some great experiences on some sets, but towards the after Boy Meets World, I'll say I started to notice a change in the business, a change in the attention to detail, a change into in courtesy of people. And, um, you know, I just kind of said, well, I just, you know, hey, maybe it's time to raise my kids like a little bit more attentively. You know, there's a people don't put a value in that, you know, raising your kids, living your life, loving the people around you. Maybe there's some other things I'm interested in. So, you know, I, it's not the God to me that it is to everyone else, but I understand why people say, Hey, I haven't seen you. What are you doing? I've just, I've been great. You know, <laughs> I've been great. And, uh, I've, I have a, a, a great family and, a, and, um, other interests. I'm interested in art. Um, you know, I'm a, definitely an herbalist. Um, I come from a, a deep political family and um, acting is one of the many things I like to do, you know. 
Man, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to share that information with you. It's not as important to me as it seems to be to everyone else, you know. But I understand. <laughs> yeah, the reason I asked you because you know a lot of people when they see people in Hollywood, they think everything is, is glamour and stuff. And uh, a lot of people at a young age deal with those psychological issues. Um, you know, I guess could they live a life? Not knowing they self, or get you to uh, experience certain things in life to uh, to ground them. Um, so, in your opinion, I got I heard actors say that before, and I think um, a lot of actors. I think a lot of actors are 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 at the end of about some time in their career. Not all of them, but some of them do feel uh, what you have felt, and I think a lot of them end up on like you know a lot of times you know, people don't see actors a long time. They think they either on drugs, black ball. Or something bad, like I said, something bad, some something real terrible happened. Um, but um, you know, I, I was looking at, you know, with some of the posts and the things, and, and one of the things you have said, uh, you know, what everybody was, was bashing you about was, was like a statement, a comment that was that kind of, I guess, probably hurt you at the young age. And sometimes stuff at young age can hurt you a long time until you release release it. You know, it's not necessarily it's, it's not like it's not old, but sometimes. Sometimes you have to clear your your energy, out your energy. There's a lot of things that people hold psychologically today. If they want to admit to it, that they hang on to it, they got to let it go, or you go eat them up inside. And that sometimes it's a certain time you got to do that. It could take five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years. So I want to ask you a question about that uh, comment about uh, that was made on the set that you got bashed for. And a lot of people want to know this. Uh, you know why did you decide to mention it after so long? And I want you you to answer the question to finger yourself and you know well you know it wasn't really a question of waiting or not waiting or holding on to it it was more like the <coughs> excuse me mm -hmm. more like this Excited. it was like okay i come to the uh, Girl Meets World set. Well, all right, I leave Boy Meets World. There's good times, there's bad times. Hold on, I have to blow my eyes. Okay. Yeah, can you move your camera? Look? Yeah. Sorry, can you move your camera? Boy Meets World ends okay. 2000. I leave there with um, some good times and some really like, okay, why did that happen sometimes, you know? Um, as most people do, I think, on most job situations, although be prior to Boy Meets World, I had never had that kind of um, intensity of emotions coming at me. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it what I perceived as that. Um, what was your question? <laughs> you know about the statement about, you know, about, you know, stuff about the engine mother oh, statement. Yeah. All right. So this, this is the thing that was going. Thank you. Um, as years going on go by after the Girl Meets World reunion of show, I noticed that um, other people, the four main member cast members, were doing a lot of conventions and were um, collecting money on that. And prior to that, because I had experienced some situations where I, I felt like very slighted verbally, like in my face, you know. And I put up with it at the time um, because I was a mother of, of three children and I didn't feel like there was this plethora of um, 
of uh, black roles for me to just jump into, you know, so, and, and also that's kind of how I'd been taught as a child. My, my grandmother uh, worked in, with, for the government. She had many jobs where she was the only white person and she suffered and maneuvered around a lot. And I kind of subconsciously watched her do that. So I'm here now in this situation, been here before, grew up like this. So it was, it was just like, I knew to quietly address situations by quietly meaning not getting berate and by just saying, Hey, you, you've offended me right now. And, um, the thing about it is, um, I saw them going on, um, going to conventions, picking up money. Um, I'm remembering how, what it was said. Then I come back for a, a reunion show and the vibe towards me, I felt was disrespectful. You know, I do like a whole bunch of weird stuff that I didn't really understand of people kind of just being weird to me, you know, kind of like this cold, hot Hollywood, way more Hollywood, me more cold, hot. Like, I just felt like people, had, there was these opinions that had formed, however they come about on me, you know, um, and, um, I just felt totally uncomfortable just with the whole social vibe of it. So then that happens, the reunion. So now we're going on to these conventions and I'm seeing people and I'm thinking, wow, you know, it's just this for those four. I understand there are a whole plethora of other people on this show, but now I have a whole bunch of uh, African-Americans, you know, coming to me and, and, and white people too saying, Hey, I want to see you in a convention. How come you're not? you know, part of this, you know, how come you're not a part of that? And I'm, you know, truthfully in my mind, I kind of was like, well, I just want to move on. But then you kind of think, well, damn, I put the work in for this. You know, why aren't I, why is no one contact? Why does this seem to be this little monopoly on these people? You know, the truth of the matter is, once I have to go in, um, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, However you want to see it, when I came on to Boy Meets World, they were number 52 in the ratings, okay? Um, I asked the creator of the show to, uh, can you do a show about me? And he agreed to it. And that was an episode with me and my father coming in. When they aired that episode, the show shot from 52 to number 17 in the ratings. That's when you would actually look in the paper every Wednesday and you'd see what you're the TV ratings and where you ranked. Okay, then shortly after that, the show was supposed to be canceled. That's why they did what we like to call in TV, jump the shark by adding me and, and Rachel and the character Jack. They were trying to hang on to not be canceled. So after that, they shot up to number 17. All of a sudden, we got another season. Okay, um, so... My, my point is this, it was a collaboration. I'm not the, the, the golden angel that came down and saved the show, but I had a, a lot to do with people working another year. And the numbers to me say that. It's not my ego or anything. I also know that I brought in a whole nother demographic to the show because it's been told to me by other cast members who now are being approached by African-Americans and other cultures because I was on the show. So I'm just saying, is it so bad to include somebody who's being asked by their community 
to participate where they can go and see somebody and sign and, and get an autographed picture to be involved. Um, and I kind of just, because of the, the slights and the little quick remarks and the things that I explained very clearly in, tweet, in the tweets and then coming back to see people and still feeling that disrespectful vibe, I can only come to the conclusion, wow, must be like, that must be kind of why I'm not a part of this, these situations, you know, something has, 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 has been said or done because that's been a kind of a rolling vibe the whole time, you know? So, um, I just feel like, um, I had to go with my gut at 50 uh, of, of what I what I think is right. I'm not a, a me too person. I'm not a person who's gonna, if you realize me saying all that, there's no lawsuit behind it. There's no, hey, I'm gonna suit you. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, hey, this happened. I know this happens to other people. And it's not really about, I brought it up 20 years later. I brought it up because the vibe is still rolling. And now we're in 2020 and I'm still feeling that disrespect that I let happen because I, as a woman and an African-American woman wanted to make sure my job was secure for my children. So I took that, you know, those quips and those things that made me feel uncomfortable or, or made me feel a little less than, or made me have to go into work fighting with a, with a, or a spirit that they didn't have, you know? And, and honestly, when people were confronted at the time, it was just, a, it was kind of like, ah, it was a joke to them. And why shouldn't it be? You know, that's not their experience. What would they know about Aunt Jemima at the time? Why would they have to know? You know, so, you know, and I, you know, I'll, I get some flack for this too. You know, someone had said on, on uh, IG, I was with you until you wanted to separate this racism and that racism. You know, um, my thing is, it's not a separation of racism or not. I think racism, the word is used very loosely these days in that I have seen and known and, and in my family, the kind of racism that stops people cold in their tracks. What I say what more happens today is loose tongues and, and prejudice, you know, and and often coming from think about it, if you were trying to make your race the best race, wouldn't you eclipse your children from really having to know about other situations? They would just accept themselves as the best, as the best, you know? So, you know, um, I come from a different generation where racism is one thing, Prejudice and name calling is another, and both should be addressed. There's no tolerance for either of them. If you let the tolerance of the prejudice in, it will only lead to bad things. But I do know the difference um, between someone who has a hate in their eyes and someone who doesn't. And the thing about it is, I don't really even see the world. I, I don't see myself as the title of a black woman. I am a black woman, but I am a point of attention in light and an energy that is way above this skin I have is the experience that I'm having. That God put me in this skin, this, this skin to have this experience. And this is the reality 
that I'm in. But if I chalk it up and keep looking at it as the total sum of what I am, that is the true prison that my reality will be in for the rest of my life, you know? So that, that's why in, sorry, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Your, your, your uh, video went off. Okay, there we go. There we go. Hey, hang up, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I like love the interview. This, this is real legit. I, yeah. <laughs> right. I love it. I'm for, I like I like for real. That's all I like about my interview. My interview is 100% yeah. pure and real. No, no, no cutthroat. <laughs> no, no editing. It's what you see is what you get. No twisting <laughs> words. Um, and I love interviewing people, man. I mean, yeah. I, I get real stories. And yeah. I want to tell you this. I, I wanted to. I just want to say this. That's why in love and light, in, as a conscious being, I can look at Will and know Will Friedle and say, hey, that's not a hateful person. That was just somebody who carried a joke too far. I brought it up 20 years later because even that joke was a pile on of an overall, we can just do whatever we do, whatever we want to this black girl because she ain't got shit going on because she's just a poor black child. That's how I see it. So it was just time for that train to stop, you know. Boy Meets World is a great show. It paved the way for the re reboots right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to um, disregard in any way my contribution to that with all humbleness and just straight what's due, what's given. That's it, you know. <laughs> yes, man. I'm glad to have you on. And, and I have some more questions I'm going to ask you about. Can I, it's okay if I make a statement real quick, if you don't mind, a statement. It is? Okay. Um, I feel that um, in, in, I'm glad that you did what you did because uh, what you experienced is, is just not necessary in acting. This is it's all areas of life for people of color. Or I don't say people of color, black people to be more specific. African-American people, black people go through and a lot of times they bite their tongue um, to keep their job and try to brush it off. But at the end of the day, you got to answer yourself a question. When do we speak up? When is it time to speak up? Because other people are going through this too. We don't want this to continue on, like I said, piling up this type of energy that's going on. And when I heard this in Hollywood before, and another thing, there is a market for black people. That's why the ratings rate went up. Look at Black Panther. Black people would yeah. tune, black people would tune in to mm -hmm. watch their people because they feel it's a comeback. Back then, it was hard to get more than one or two persons on any show. If you had a, if you threw a one black person on the show, black people would tune in just to see that particular person feel I'm like they not, made it. I still am. I'll flip through channels and I'll just like, I want to give the black show a try first. Because it's, I want to see what I, my people, you know what I'm saying? And, and the characteristics, just like any other group, you know, it's okay. <laughs> right. but, but the thing that they can use us as as, as 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 workers and disrespect like you feel on the set you probably did feel the energy the energy should never been felt there should be a lot of respect because like you said i believe you did your your presence there did help uplift the show to where it's at and to not to uh not to notice it and not for them to to at least give you credit to the keeping the people another year of job of anybody no matter what color that's that's sad and you should, people need to respect those people you'd be amazed how one person can make a difference in any in anything and we should respect that person everybody counts and i know you're not saying that you're better than anybody but you can say i did have a significant impact yes i i, I definitely feel like i can say that you know and i and I, I stand that because i did the work of that 
you know, but I also know in the real world, um, you're not necessarily going to get respect for what you've done and you're not necessarily going to get the kudos for what you've done and everything. It, it really is up to you to know and, and believe in that, especially people of color. You may not ever really see that. You, you may see a whole bunch of people get an award that you should have gotten, you know, and you, that you may have laid the groundwork for. I've seen it over and over again. I don't have an answer for that or, or how to deal with that, but I do know that, um, at the end of the day, I have to, uh, an issue with me personally, um, as a, just a person is not demand, not demanding, but not being in the truth of, of the energy I give out balance to the energy I should receive. And that's a, a problem I think with a lot of women you know, we, we give out a lot. We don't always value what we give out. And then you double it with, you know, being a, a, a person of color in America, you know, we have a hard time respecting each other. You know, there's a self-worth issue going on. And I just find at 50 years old, um, before I pass on this earth, I would really like to be in balance with that a lot more, you know. And I think a lot of, uh, one of the unfortunate things that happens and we get played on is we feel the lack of self-worth and then we go too far in our egos and to try to prove it. And it's an inward thing. It's an inward declaration. It's not a car. It's not a Gucci bag. It's not a sugar daddy. It's not a, a anything material. It's just a, like a, a work of getting up and clearing your mind and saying, I'm worthy. What's blocking me? what's making it's so inward and and we've brought into all these outward things and it's never going to be enough you know yes i i, I could see you no know why i like talking i could see your heart and passion everything you saying i can tell you really feel it and and i can look at your facial expression and tell that um you 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 know you are very passionate about what you said and it, and it kind of touches you like i'm looking at your eyes and i said i hope you don't cry <laughs> but I do see, I do see, I do see, see your, 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 your sincerity and pain. I think just not for yourself, but for others. Mm -hmm. And, and it kind of hurts that they, you like, um, yeah, you, you wish to stop, but you, you know, you know, you go have people like that in the world. And I, you know, honestly, I, I don't like bulk at backlash. Right. I, I, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, that person understand. And maybe I want to try to like explain it to them, but. The reality is if you fashion yourself as a, a public, a person of the public, um, that's part of the job, you know, it, it's, it's part of me um, stirring up people's exploration of themselves. So when I see all the comments, it, it takes a minute, but then I say, let me remove myself from that. Because even if it's hatred in there, bitch, you did it, it, it's, kind of your job as an actor and it we don't always realize this people just splatter their stealth on us and in this age of everybody being on a computer kind of in their house and being able to say things without be say things without being punched in the face it kind of uh it, it makes people a little irresponsible and it makes people sorry you there yeah, yeah i'm makes here people yeah irresponsible with their words and you don't necessarily think it through and also what i'm really trying to say is 
everyone's speaking from their own experience. And I really see this a lot with the younger generation. Like they haven't actually experienced situations, but they're looking things up on the computer or they have a friend or it was just like when I did. And I can say to you unequivocally, my life is a little bit more of a unique experience than most, but it is the same. But you cannot have opinions and convictions based on what you know. You have to keep the what if open of, well, I wasn't there when she experienced that, but maybe she did do this or this or that. There's so much of people thinking, because people are not experiencing and kind of in their computers, there's a lot of rhetoric about, well, this is what you should have done, or this is what I would have done. But if you're only sitting in a room on a computer reading comments, how do you really know what to do? You know, and that's kind of um, how I feel. I think it's good. Conversations are really good these days. I think the the people being mad at me and having those opinions and going back and forth, I find it absolutely beautiful. And I'm really, really feel very fortunate to be a point of attention that can inspire that kind of conversation. Even if people get mad, freedom of speech is very important even if it is not uh, directed at my best interest. It's extremely important. The rules in this country are don't incite a riot, don't incite hate. But if you stop, one of the most fucked, messed up things about, I think what's going on is, is being politically correct. Because politically correct says, don't say that because I'm right and you're wrong. Liberal, liberal, progressive, whatever. When you get into uh, any form of shushing each other, which I saw a lot on the comments, just shut your mouth because you don't know what it is to have that experience or shut your mouth because she sold the mouth. No shutting of the mouth. Just say what you got to say. I'm smart enough. I'm an intelligent being enough to say, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. And we don't, and we're so worried about if you say this, you're going to influence people that way or that way. It's not about that. You have, people have to say their truths in general and not be told to shut up because what happens even if it's even if a, a all right let me give you an example even if a and, and i'm i'm not going to get a lot of kudos for this, but i'm just say what i should say all right say a transgender transgender person comes to me and says um i say i say hi how are you and, and maybe i don't call them by the pronoun that they want i i slipped up and i said he you know and then I respectively say she, okay. I've had a time where a person in that position who wants that kind of respect will go off on me. You know, you, you shouldn't have said that about me. You know, in, in terms of like, this is my name. This is the respect I demand. And you have to call me this and everything. In a weird leftist way, you're shutting me up. You're telling me, it's not, I can do that, but on a broad scale, you shutting me up gives more power to the system to shut me up. It's like a self-censoring. It's better for me to sit here and say, you motherfucking faggot, if I really feel like that, and then you can decide whether or not to deal with me or not. But stopping people from saying things, I feel is a real, is, is gonna turn into a real big problem with this country 
either way. If you're not inciting a riot, I would love to hear what the Ku Klux Klan has to say about anything I'm doing. Just don't incite a riot. That's the law. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Listen, I listen. I like how you explain that. I do. You, 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 you broke it down very clear. Now, I said, Rena, like I said, man, I'm excited to Rena Rush here because it, it gives you. I want to hear from you verbally what's going on. I don't like hearing what what the media says, what everybody says. Okay, everybody gonna put their own spin twist, and nobody really answers questions. They just see, hear something, hear a statement, and they react. I don't mind. I don't. The media is into shock value. Right. Um, I think it's a true disservice to this this country for me to have to read twelve articles and decipher what's true. I think that's that's the part of of freedom of speech in America. I think right now is is very sad that the lack of responsibility in the media. You know. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why I said. That's why I reached out to you to do an interview with you because as my responsibility. I just don't just believe that the media said because I know they do anything to get ratings and stuff. And people need to have enough intelligence to do their own research before they cast judgment. It's okay to have a judgment, but is it a fair judgment? Did you really look at the situation or are you just jumping on the bandwagon? And when people don't do research and then they just start typing and they kind of just read an article or two and they jump in and then they backlash at the person they think they need to, it is a true disrespect to themselves. You just disrespected yourself because you didn't respect yourself enough to actually find, when you know that this is crazy, how, how stories are being spewed out falsely, if you don't actually just a couple of more clicks, a couple more reading, a couple of more thinking, if you don't do that, you're, you're disrespecting yourself as a human being and the knowledge that you need to intake to better yourself. True. Yeah. Well spoken, well spoken, well spoken, well spoken, man. Now I'm gonna ask you a question now. Uh since uh your acting career, I don't know if you have desire to even go back to acting or you just want to just live a normal, peaceful, happy life. That's what I want both. I want both, but um I'd love to go back to acting, you know, if 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 that was the case, you know. Um I also also part of my thing is I just People always say, you know, I had, I did an interview a couple of months back and um, the interviewer said, the nineties were so great. You know, everybody had all these shows and it was rolling and you could see us everywhere. And I looked at her and I said, because having really experienced it, my thing was, it's not as great as you think. The reason why is because nobody of color owned those shows. How black is the show if you're not in ownership of it? You know, if you're not controlling the platform, is it really a black show? You know, don't get fooled. Don't get bamboozled. So my thing is, um, I wanna, I'd rather, to a certain extent, gather up my resources to produce and direct things that are a small stories, real stories, stories without robots and AI and an agenda of what <laughs> they have in store for us, things that people can identify with to love themselves more. There's a true, there's a true lack of that right now. And um, it takes ownership and it takes a uh, building of your resource to actually accomplish that. 
So would I love to go into acting again in the, in the formal way that is presented? Yes, I, I would love that. But more so that I would have a bigger voice to uh, parlay uh, um, my own agenda. So that might not be possible in this lifetime. So it's, it's again, you know, it's how a brainwashed society sees how an actor should behave or not or shut up or this or that. It just doesn't apply to me because my, my sources come from different places and, and these are outer things that I can express myself in, but they don't hold the value or the, you know, that I think may, most society has, has deemed them with, you know. Um, I'm not a combative person. I, I don't even like the versus television thing where artists are getting together and they're Erica Badu battling Jill Scott. And, uh, you know, this, why are we the only pe people who are dissing and battling each other? It, it doesn't even make sense to me. I don't see white people doing this. I don't see them putting, you know, uh, I don't know. They're not battling. You know what I'm saying? We're, there's just too much of this inner tribal combat thing going on with us. And we're not looking at the bigger picture. You don't own anything. I don't even know if Erica Badu or Jill Scott even own their publishing. If they do, God bless you. But why am I looking to, to, to put it all in them to battle each other? It's, it's a distraction to what really should be looked at. I'm not concerned about acting. I'm concerned about um, whatever impact I can have to make people understand, especially people of color, that it really is about um, ownership not looking at each other to diss or to, 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 to battle each other and get together to bat, battle the bigger picture of what's going on. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I know your cameraman, he's holding pretty steady a little bit, huh? He's doing pretty good. I just propped it up. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, yeah, yeah. I wonder why it wasn't moving no more. <laughs> and, uh, I hope my... I hope my man, I, I don't, listen. I hope my question is a pretty good question. I'm asking you because you like you got a lot to offer. Uh, no, uh, and uh, so yeah. okay. Uh, another question, and I'm curious. Is like okay, that was an amazing question. I mean, answer. So I'm trying to think what I'm going to answer yet because I'm, I'm I'm so caught up in what you're saying is I gotta think because a lot of my questions are not written down. Most of my head. <laughs> I'm answering some questions, but I, I'm trying now from there to actors to now. Um, and a lot of backlash, a lot of people think, um, you know, you're crazy and stuff. And I don't know why they thought you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, why, why do people think you're crazy? Do you know why? I'm just curious. I was just reading your comments. And people thought you like you got psychological issues. Like, where did I get that from? Off, off of that one little statement. Most. People, I think that in general, people who kind of um, think differently, um, think um, in a less enslaved mindset, um, are are considered that, you know. And also, you know, um, it's very easy. Like I could just say right now, he's crazy. You know, ten people might not believe me, but five people will. You know, there's a really true power in um in people's words in, in terms of people be believing um the words that are put out 
you know? And uh, so why do I think, well, well, let me ask you this. Why wouldn't they think I'm crazy? Let's, 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 let's go back to, um, I'm, uh, let's, let's pick up a couple of other examples before me. We have uh, Lark Voorhees who came out after a sitcom, you know, uh, came out with some crazy makeup or something. And then people saw maybe she might've had a, a, a mental issue. True or not, she was labeled that. Now I have been mistaken a lot of times for Lark Voorhees, you know. Um, I think, honestly, I'm gonna give myself a little bit of, of kudos in this. I should be crazy. Why wouldn't I be crazy? You're young, you're 20, you go into a business that promises you so much. They're, they've, they've had a, a run with you, a row, and, and now they're done. And, and, and when I came in, everything was done for us. I mean, you, you were, you, a car came to pick you up. You, you got there, you, a makeup artist came, your makeup was done, your, you know, everything was done. And then it kind of about 2000, it kind of dropped to everyone for themselves. It, the industry changed. And for a while, no one knew where the industry was going. Um, now it's kind of a, a more of a do-it-yourself thing. So people who came up, and then also there was an exclusivity back then that is not here now. If I go out for a part now, I'm up against everybody online. When I used to go out for parts, there'd be five girls there. It would be me, um, Monica Calhoun, um, uh, what's that chick who I love? Melinda Williams would be there. Elise Neal, uh, Gabrielle Union, and uh, Essence Atkins. And that, that's kind of like who, and uh, Melissa D'Souza. And you stare at these same five to eight people every single time. And you have about seven to eight auditions a week that they were uh, farming, farming us out on. So when people say, you're crazy, I actually should be crazy. There's a lot of uh, strength that goes into um, feeling that you've come into a secure job, a secure home, a secure community that of what you think is Hollywood at a very young age and then having that yanked away from you as as most of us had especially black actresses in the 2000 you know um uh labeled you know hey this is where you're at we're not we don't need you anymore or whatever it is why shouldn't I be crazy thank god I'm not the reason I feel I'm not crazy or I'm crazy in a good way is because my strength is is drawn on a self-love, whether I've had it at all times or not, I keep going back to that. I keep going back to my source. I'm Haitian. Um, I, I, I have certain things in me in my bloodline, certain spirits that come to me and they, and they let me know you are a queen. And I don't, I didn't rely on the industry. And sometimes, unfortunately with people of color who have a person who's made it in the industry, there's a lot of uh, love and hate and conflict, conflict in that. And I've had that too. It's just taken a lot of uh, um, loving myself to not be crazy. Because honestly, I really should be crazy. I should be uh, upset. I should be on drugs. I should be uh, backlashing. And, most, and there are a lot of us that do go that way. And unfortunately, because you're put into a spotlight, people don't give you the sympathy or the empathy of, of how this town uh, can really make you feel. When I see kids like uh, Orlando Brown or out there and I see the media, he did this, he did that, he did, you know what I'm saying? My thing is, wow, they keep reporting this. Nobody 
black people, yeah, he crazy. I see the comments. Nobody's saying, hey, can I give a hand to this kid? Or how can I, or can we collectively, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I don't like to empower the disses and the, and the battles because it keeps us so far apart in humanity from reaching out to brothers and sisters who really um, could use a hand before they're offered the wrong hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's my thing. I don't say I probably am crazy, but I'm a good crazy. I'm crazy in a way that I'm not going to um, really uh, come up off of love. And, and what I feel is the embodiment of that. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now I have another question to ask you. Um, I know I've seen your Instagram and, uh, and um, I see like your pictures and stuff and I see you do a lot of modeling stuff and things of that nature. And you model a lot of, I can tell you all modeling is a little different than what most models do. Um, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But the reason I said it because you don't know what you're going to see. Um, not for because you know you, you you don't mind. I mean, you you model anything and everything. I mean, you actually model, and no offense, I like your pictures. You're very, how can I put it? You're very comfortable in your body, and you don't look your age. So, how old are you, and how long you been doing this modeling thing? I'll be fifty-one soon. Um, I genetically have a young look. I always have, but as I've gotten older, I do do a lot um to uh to take care of myself and on a daily basis like i don't let anything go too far weight skin whatever i'm doing you know more than two days of bringing it back to to excuse me to health and that's really for me you know i feel like as you get older and a woman in this society you know you, it's very easy to get invisible it's very easy to to be cast up and um and it's and it, there's also a curse of being attractive too <laughs> you know you get cast off oh she's dumb this or whatever but what i find in 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 my modeling and taking pictures and everything is um i like being comfortable with my body um i'm not really into being overly explicit but i do I do like to um, display health and I do like to display sensuality. I think there's a real, real power in sensuality. And I also think um, if you look at TV and media through the ages, um, they have really tried to suppress the sensuality, especially of black women. And they have often farmed it out to designated as a as a hoe you know and hoe to me just means that there's a cut and dry kind of a exchange going on you know and and i'm not judging it good or bad but i do see like even in most movies i'm seeing if if, if there uh, i i saw a movie uh, i don't know a couple of weeks ago it was a comedy and they had a group of girls in a college dorm you know so all the lines that came up that were sexual and overtly, you'll see this if you really pay attention in a lot of films, especially to do with majority of the cast is white, they will pawn off a lot of the real hoe lines, the real dirty lines to the black girl in the group. I've seen this over and over again. Um, 
I feel that um, this is a portrayal of black women that goes on over and over again. If, if you are attractive, um, you if you want to be glorified, you are they are pushing a very ho whore-ish agenda. And I really believe in walking a beautiful line of being sensual, um, being um, attractive. There is a, a, a great, great power in that. And that is really the main reason why I believe it's so suppressed and, and, and tarnished and cheapened, especially with women of color, because I believe we, we got a little bit of a corner on that. And there's a huge huge power in it and and if you just look at it as common sense when you have what does sex do it creates life so even if you're not creating a baby just the, the force of it is going to create it's going to brainwash it's going to make you do it's going to make a man think about things he doesn't wasn't want to do before so um i feel like in, in a lot of ways i've been kind of a growing up monitored imprisoned parameters around my sexuality and I kind of just feel it at 50, you know, I don't know how long I'll, I'll be able to um, sustain a youthful look. And I'm okay with growing old too. But at the same time, I just feel like it's a part of my power. And I'm okay with it. And I, I'm not, I don't feel cheap about it. I feel like it's a lesson. And um, when black women tend to express your, their sensuality, it, it tends to be categorized in this whole kind of context. And um, people really need to understand that um, there is a spiritual, there is a spiritual power with um, knowing how to balance and use your sexuality. And I, I love portraying myself as an older, um, sensual woman. I, um, I'm actually, I have a herb company that I'm, about, I'm opening up right now. And um, a lot of the herbs that I deal with or I've explored or deal with have to do with um, um, setting a mindset of confidence so, as, long, as well as, you know, repairing the body and healing and everything. But, um, you know, Setting, setting your mind to, uh, when you wake up, you drink, I'm drinking Mugworth right now, okay? Sorry, people keep calling me. I'm drinking Mugworth right now. What that does is it, I don't know, it just, ancestrally, that's what my people do, okay? And I just like to get back what, get back and practice what makes us powerful, you know, and, and people really under, need to understand the reason why sex is cheapened, the reason why it is suppressed or, or shamed or, or cheapened is because of the power in it. And, uh, and I understand, I actually really am into harnessing certain powers for the good of people. <laughs> and I also have tough skin. So you say all those stupid things on my Instagram, Instagram it's okay. I, I have to be who I am at this point you know <laughs> right, right right thank you for that yeah i'll just i'll just answer some questions because a lot of questions i answer because a lot of people probably want to know and people knows it and um you know when people ever go to your instagram they will see things and, and they will try to judge you so i asked i asked that question in advance because uh 
it's like I said, this platform created to give people a voice and to speak their truth. On no, everybody has the truth based on reality. Say this: it's really good that people judge me, because the reality is, is when you look at a person and judge them, if you are smart enough, and it takes time to know this, when you have to say something about that, you're really talking about yourself. And that's what people really, that's why I'm okay with comments and judgments. Cause I know that's the start of that person dealing with themselves. It could be. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people ain't quite going to understand what that means, but I understand what you say. What you're saying is, um, uh, because you say, yeah, that's best what you just see. Yeah. And they, they don't quite understand that just yet. Maybe they will never understand. Maybe they will, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I understood what you was coming from and, that is a, a true statement. You know, uh, if you worry about what somebody's doing and not bothering you, then why is it, if it's not nothing directly really affecting you, why are you concerned about it anyway? You know? When you when you have to make a, a comment and, and have to do a long dissertation on how you feel someone should be, or if you feel like I have to help you and the person didn't, and I didn't ask you to help me, what you're really saying is this is the help I need. This is the, the judgment I have on myself. You know, I, maybe I don't feel sexy enough to do what you're doing. So it feels better to me to just shame it. You know, it's okay. Cause it's only a process of you doing yourself, you working out yourself. And that's what public figures and actors are really here for. <laughs> yeah. You can't look to the thing. You don't, you know, you uh, speak for yourself. I guess you can speak for yourself on that one. I'm Where speaking Okay, now um, anything now I I pretty much finna I think I answered you enough questions as it is that's that's important. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything that you would like to say to the uh to the people who's watching and listening, uh uh that you'd like to say to anybody, I don't care if it's an actor or normal person that you would like to share with people, uh, other than what you said that I not thought of uh, before we go. I would really like people to understand that um, you cannot. You, you really limit yourself. You become a, a, a small part, myopic part of a whole grand universe when you try to judge people or um, say what you think you would do based on your own experience. You have to always be in the world. I believe you should be always in the world of what if, always in the... Um, the world of well that's not my experience but that may have happened to them that there's something i can learn from that down the road but words like no and 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 concrete shallow decisions on people really close yourself off from a, a greater learning um about situations and i would just like to say you know in this time when we're home and we got to deal with you know people that we had maybe went to work with, went to work every day and didn't see them the whole day and now we gotta really look in their face. Um, it's really about making the effort to see things past your own experience. If you can be open to that, there might be a chance that in any diversity in the world, we can, we can come together, you know? And, um, and, and, you know, and also I just want to say the whole thing about this cancel culture situation is so sad. You really, people are just a, a, a sum of energy. They go on for years and years. And if you judge a person by a situation or, 
or one thing that you hear in the news that was sensationalized or one thing they said and don't really take into account the sum of the human being and then make um, your judgments or your exiles from there, you are missing out just on a plethora of, of information, knowledge. Every person is just a walking plethora of information and knowledge and experience. And um, I would really be careful about the cancel culture because I feel like it's like a, a reverse psychology trick to get everybody to shut up, you know, and um, just keep talking. If you hate me, keep talking. You know, if you love me, keep talking. It's okay. You know, it, come out of your emotional selves and just learn. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, now, if there's anything where people can reach you, we want to tell you about the social media platforms that can find you if they want to follow you. Yeah, you can get me on Instagram at the real Trina McGee, and you can get me on Twitter at real Trina McGee, and uh, my Facebook. I think it's real Trina McGee. Yeah, <laughs> and just check on, check on me there. You know, I, I'm I'm opening up a really great um, natural herb. Uh, company. They're, I'm going to give a lot of instructions um, on how to use these natural em remedies to heal ourselves. And they're, they're not necessarily a replacement at this point for, for uh, Western medicine, but there, there are some really great things we can do um, that are right here. I really just believe everything was always provided for us. And I'm, I'm a really big advocate of that now. The reason I can sit here and be so peppy at 50, I've practiced these things for years, um, using, drinking um, certain herbs. And so as I progress on that, my, my store should be up uh, very soon. And I'm going to be giving a lot of instructions on how to just kill yourself. Things that people don't, you know, would never even thought to do. Things you have in your own cabinet that could just enhance your quality of life. Because no matter where you're at um, on the economic scheme of life um, these days, uh, motivated or not, you gotta live and you gotta, you gotta be able to live in this world and you gotta grab your happiness. And you gotta know um, all the elements that have to do with that outside of just a, 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 a relationship or argument or a situation at work. There are things in the air coming down at us that you don't know how, could be affecting our mood right now. And there's also things in the earth that we can put into our bodies to deflect these situations. So that's really what I'm about now, right now. You know, it kind of, I was into this way before the COVID uh, situation. And then I really realized, wow, there's really a need for this. You know, you don't, there's so many things you can do to prevent even getting a flu. And that's kind of what bothers me about, honestly, the, uh, the, the media right now. They're saying, oh, there's this crisis and this and that and stay inside. No one's saying what to do to how to get your immune system up. That's very suspect to me. Why aren't you telling the people there's so many things to do to keep your immune system up and they're all a grab away, you know, um, from, from chewing on ginger to chewing on certain roots to just what you the first thing you put in your body during the day and I think um that we really have got to get back to the garden so that's kind of where I'm at and um I think you'll enjoy it and yeah I'm, I, I love to present it in a health way I love to present it sensual wherever it takes to get your attention you know what I'm saying because I um, do that you got that down pretty good I want your attention 
matter of fact, when you do launch it, can I can I re-interview you on the new products when you do ready to launch that thing? Yeah, give me about a month. I'm gonna have a whole bunch of uh stuff uh coming along. I just discovered this drink that's been in India for for years. It's really uh easy to make. It's called Jira. And I've been enjoying that for a while. Very simple. And, and yeah, let's get back and I'll, I'll I'll give you all my recipes and all my ways to, you know, to 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 keep you happy and alive, you know, thriving. Yeah, because if they look at your pictures, they say why they wouldn't want to jump on it, you know. You don't look that at age 51 for nothing. You put working in that. <laughs> you tilt that garden good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, you know. Yeah. Thank so, you. I'm just being honest. So I really thank y'all, and I won't. And stay tuned after this. We'll talk a little bit. Um, I want to thank all the viewers for listening to uh, your journey with Andrew Love, and check out uh, Trina McGee on her social media sites. What I will be sharing in the description, like I said, of the video. And uh, I know it's been a long, long interview, but yes, it's it's, it's been inspiring. I'm loving it, and I want to thank her so much for taking the time on her busy schedule very busy skills i know to come on my platform and she didn't have to but i was very very thankful very grateful and i'm very grateful for all the uh viewers and listeners that's watching and tuning in i really want to thank y'all i really do and i want y'all to stay safe uh build your immune system uh, do what you can stay safe and, and love each other and continue to to be happy during this time as much as possible thank yeah. you for tuning in thank you for looking at your journey and uh get ready i have some more upcoming interviews uh, as soon as i can uh since so much is going on change. the exchange of the exchange of energies has been really great your your voice is, is heard louder and so is mine and that's a good thing <laughs> oh thank you miss mcgee <laughs> thank you and thank y'all and uh you know thank y'all for tuning in thank you so much okay thank you. All right. <laughs>